Welcome to First and Fifteen, the show that takes you around the UK flag football scene. Sponsored by Nuola, your customised sportswear supplier. We're back with another episode of First and Fifteen, and once again, it's Ultimate Teammates. And we're going for a unique one today, and we're going to go for a double header international. We've gone back to Wales, and we've got Andrew Cooper of the Swansea Hammerheads. Morning, all. And we've got Dale Davis of the Gwent Gators. Yeah. Well, Gwent Gators and every other team in Wales, I think. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's people out there with more jerseys than me, I'll have you know. The only person I know with more jerseys than you is Rudy, and that's only because he prints his own. <laughs> Although, speaking of Rudy, he has just brought out another one that I'm after now, the, uh, the Warrington. I don't, I don't know if it's Warrington, but it's the, uh, the new Aztec type one that he's just released. Well, that's the alternate European away kit, is it? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's just a very another nice kit that he's brought out. <laughs> but let's go back to yours, guys. And we're going to start with offence, because that's what everybody prefers. And we're going to start with your centres. Andrew, you're going to go first. Who is your ultimate centre? So I've played with a good few centres. Um, I'm actually going to start off with the honourable mention of, the, uh, of Nick, who plays for us at Swansea Hammerheads. Um, he's playing with MS at the moment, so multiple sclerosis. Um, and to be playing to be playing with MS and and still playing as well as he is doing, um, got to give him a shout out for that. But my my centre, the best centre I've played with is Chris Jones from uh, from Cardiff. Has to be. Yeah, um, he's just he's he's short, but he's quick. He's got a, a very quick snap and release, um, and the short routes he runs get some yards every time. He's he's definitely why well one of the the many reasons they're doing so well over there in Cardiff. Dale, who have you got opposite him your, as your centre? Um, I was torn between two, so seeing that um, Andy's gone for an honourable mention, I'll go for an honourable mention on centre as well. Uh, my honourable mention is our current centre at the gate, Ned Sir Walford, uh, cracking pair of hands. I think he, he was close to leading the SWC last year in um, XPs. Uh, really reliable underneath. Uh, but my ultimate centre is going to be Chris Bowditch, who I played with the Celt. Um, you know, rocket snap, the, the scorch your hands when you have to catch it, but uh, reliable underneath, same as Hill, but was really athletic. And, and the guy was two years older than me, so he's doing something right. Age is just a number, isn't that what they say? <laughs> Depends what number that is. <laughs> I know, if Pod's still going, he's, he's still all right. Uh, we're going to go back, we're going to go to your quarterbacks now. Uh, Andrew, who have you got first? It's got to be Joe Cottrell. Um, Joe was my quarterback for the Swansea Titans contact uh, uni team at Swansea when I first joined. Taught me everything I know about being a receiver as well. Um, and then he's taken Cardiff to glory. Uh, he's taken SWC Dragons to glory. Uh, he's playing cornerback for GB, actually. But yeah, Joe Readerfield on D and O has to be my quarterback in that. In that. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of people in... I say say Wales, but I know there's a lot of people in, just in flag football in general who'd be slowly nodding their head to that one. Uh, Dale, who have you got as yours? Uh, yeah, just score what Andy said. You, you could line Joe up anywhere pretty much and he would sell his flag. He's a cracking player. Um, my QB, um, he was with us for a year. He's uh, wandered off to play contact with the South Wales Warriors now, but Harry Taylor is my uh, ultimate quarterback. But a kid of such... 
young years. He was he was seventeen, eighteen when he joined us. Um, he got all the throws for flag and he can, to a large extent contact. Um, his accuracy was unerring in fairness. Um, and he could read the defense. Uh, you know, I I I often said, and I, I might upset a few people when I say this, but. If Harry had stuck with Flag for two or three years, I think he would be in serious contention for getting in the GDC. That's how high I rated him. So we're going to move on to your receivers. Uh, Andrew, you've gone for three receivers. Always. Who's the first receiver you've got on your side? First receiver, um, starter any day, Jeff Bond. Um, quarterback for Aylesbury, uh, plays receiver for the uh, Dragons. Only reason I put him as receiver um, is because I've got Joe in at quarterback. But as for the Dragons, they both play for the Dragons. They both alternate between receiver and QB as well. That's that's what um, we've spoken about before with two QBs lining up. Uh, but yeah, Jeff, any day. 100-meter sprinter as well. Speed for days um, and safe hands any day. Yeah, he's sort of got, I mean, I think I've got him on Facebook and I've seen... It's just one of those people that is constantly posting like workout videos. Here's what I was doing. I, I feel so bad like when I watch those videos. Well, absolutely. His profile picture, I think, is of him sprinting. I think his uh, his timeline photo always pops up of him in a different GB kit every single time. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's always posting workouts and uh, quite handy little things to take to training, actually, that I've tried to run with a couple of my teammates as well. So um, yeah, it's it's demoralising in terms of the fact that you think you should be getting out there more and doing more. But um, it's good to see. Good to see. Dale, who's your first receiver? Um, it's... Uh... Family connection to the centre. Um, I, I think uh, Andy's played with him with the Dragons. Uh, he was my uh, receiver at uh, the Celts. He was my go-to guy when I needed to play, and that's Dylan Bowditch. Uh, I started playing with Dylan when I was with the Ducks, the Thunder Ducks, before they became the Trojans. Uh, then together at the Celts, uh, seeing him from like a 15-year-old with good hands, uh, and develop into the player he is now. Uh, you know, another one that, you know, with, with some time and a little bit of luck, could be pushing for GB if he keeps progressing. Such reliable hands. He, he's gained a bit of speed as well. Uh, quite elusive, but yeah, uh, he was the clutch guy when you when you needed a cast. He was the one you went to, especially for me, anyway. So yeah, Dylan Bowditch for me. I mean, you mentioned the team there, and. I'm kind of sad they've changed and gone away now. Gone away now. The the the, the Thunderdogs is that not one of the best team names <laughs> in the in the league or at any point? Rumor has it, and uh, you'd have to speak to uh, Ross Thomas of the of the Trojans to confirm. But when I asked how they came up with it, I think they put uh, Mercer in a random team name generator, and Thunderdogs came up. That's how the name came about, apparently. I could be wrong. I could be misquoting him, but I'm pretty sure that's what he told me. Am I right in thinking they had a very, very bright orange kit as well? Yes, yes, yes. I still got it. <laughs> Just went perfectly with the name. Nothing wrong with the orange kit. Yeah. There is the Dell. No, not at all. So we're going to go to your other receiver now. Andrew, you've got two receivers left. Who's your, your second receiver? Uh, also played with Jeff Bond. He's Jeff Bond's go-to at Aylesbury. So you and Ullman. Um, easily, probably one of the, well, I say one of the fastest. I've got Jeff Bond on there, but he's also got speed that just doesn't stop. Played a bit of safety for the Dragons as well. Um, 
he, he can get deep um, and get given the ball out there, but he's also good at flag evading. So giving him a, a short throw, putting him in slot, throwing it to him in a drag or a, a quick out, and then just watching him go and um, just get through players and scoring touchdowns is, is just so class to see. Dale, who's your, your second receiver? Uh, my second receiver is uh, Richard Harris. Uh, I played with him at the Ducks. Um, he also joined us to play in the league with the Gators last year, but unfortunately, he's uh, coming back from an injury, so he didn't get much game time. Uh, but if any of you have seen, I know you haven't seen Richard play uh, Marcus, but Andy has. Um, he, he's, he's a one-man machine. There's nothing he can't do on our football field when it comes to safety or receiver. Uh, he's athletic, he can leap. I've seen him out leap guys who are taller than him. Um, he's aggressive when it comes to uh, making cuts or being evasive. Uh, one of the best flag football players I've ever seen, in all honesty. So, Addy, you got one more receiver left? Who have you um, got? I was actually torn at this one, and uh, Dale's already picked Dylan who I was actually torn between choosing. I've seen, just, just to drop back on Dylan for a second, I have seen him play before. I played with him with the Dragons. Um, for a young lad who just loves loves football, he is quite a machine. As as Dale said, he will certainly grow into GB quality very quickly. Uh, but my receiver I've gone for is Harley Labbert. Uh, I saw him join at 16. His dad, Paul, is our coach. Um, he joined at 16. He was one of the first ever players with the Hammerheads, along with myself. Played quarterback. Um, and he went off to uni to play for Exeter for their contact team at uni and has just come back 10 times the player that he left. He's catching, he doesn't even bother using his left hand. Everything he catches is one-handed. Um, besides the fact that he's about six foot five, he's got pace um, and he, uh, he doesn't need to outleap anyone because he's just got that height, but he is he's definitely going to do things for Swansea and Exeter next year. And if anybody doubts that, ask Lewis Phillips. We, Phillips, we managed to moss in the league last year. Oh, that was, <laughs> that was good. So, Dale, you've got one more position left on offence. And yeah. we spoke about this before the recording started. It is slightly controversial in, in Andrew Cooper's mind here. You've got a running back. Yeah. Who's your running back? Um, I was torn between two, but uh, considering that the... Other option, I've picked at a different position on defence. Um, I've gone with a guy from the Gators who is not really our starting running back. He's more of a receiver. Um, but whenever he's played at running back, I guarantee he makes yards. He's elusive as sin. He'll, he'll turn a three-yard little pitch into like the length of the field touchdown. Um, and that's Matt Burke. So we were talking about this so before the recording started. That uh, is there still place for a running back in flag football? Uh, it was. I think we've had this discussion before in a previous episode. And Andrew, you're not convinced that there's still room for running backs. I'm not. No, I think the running back position in contact with an O line blocking for you, making a gap, you can get ten yards easy. Fair enough. In flag, when there's no blocking, no lead blocking at all. Uh, and you've got to hand it to your running back behind the line of scrimmage, I don't think there's any point because with a blitzer coming in, if the blitz is good enough, they're going to get your running back. Um, if your corners are good enough, uh, then they're going to get them if he runs out wide. I don't think that there's any point. I think you're a lot better having a slot receiver like I've gone for, um, preferably a tall slot receiver. So you've got that 
other option over the centre in the middle um, is so much more convenient and can get you a lot more yards. And obviously this game with only four downs to get half pitch, it's it's all about getting as many yards per play. Yeah, and obviously you're the, the four side on the running back. What, what's your feelings for running backs in flag? Um, I think it's aside from the play action aspect, which can have an effect, albeit limited compared to contact. Uh, in essence, flag is about speed and elusiveness. Um, and if you want a prototypical running back, you want him to be fast and elusive. Uh, so I don't see why you wouldn't. And my, my alternate to Madden running back was Andy Gibney. Uh, and Andy's played against uh, Gibney. Uh, fast, elusive, uh, not often he gets caught behind the line. Uh, but like I, like I did say before we started recording, if you've got a running back who is not quick and not elusive, uh, maybe is good with his hands and you're on a swing pass or something, you know, then maybe I can see the, the benefit of having him on the line rather than behind the QB. But if you've got somebody with speed for days and, and can cut the dime, uh, it's a different option, something else for the defense to consider. And conversely, for some strange reason, a running back coming out of the backfield and you play action him, the defense tend to forget about him. And you normally get a nice little easy dump off at 7, 10 yards. I don't know why, but a lot of teams switch off. It's almost like he's done his pretend play action and uh, they're off to the real play now and they also tend to drift away from him. That's what I found anyway. I mean, I've got to agree with that one there. I mean, we had a a play when I was, when I was coaching that if you had... If you like a Dirk, a fake end round to wide receiver. Once that receiver has gone past the quarterback and not got the ball, the defense seems to ignore them. Yeah. And I, I pointed out to Potter quite a few times when we were coaching, and it was one of those. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they do follow him. And then I said, "All right, watch this one." We called it a couple of times, and every single time, the receiver just got ignored down. So if they if they start receiver right. Round the back, fake handoff, and then they go up the left hand sideline, and they would be wide open almost every single time. It, it's a, I faked it. That's it. I've done my bit, like you just said. Yeah, it's it's weird. Don't get me wrong. The the, the teams out there that that play a disciplined D, uh, whether it's zone or man, uh, you'd like to think that you know they, they wouldn't stray too far from their um, assignment, so they're not going to leave the guy too wide open. But the first time I noticed it was the first time I played in the OFL. Uh, where we've got a running back sweeping out to the left. Uh, I've looked right, I've looked back left, and there's literally nobody within 10, 15 yards of him. And I'm like, that's not right. Where's the defense? Thank you very much. I'll take it. Uh, but it seems to be a, a common theme with, with some teams anyway, that once the play action has occurred, it's almost as if they switch off on the running back. He's done his bit. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to argue on that one. I've, I've built a career out of having decent little running backs. So, but we're going to move on to your defence now. Uh, we're going to start with Dale first on defence then. You've gone for two corners. Yeah. Who've you got? Who's your first one? All right, my first corner. I could, I could have picked them off five or six corners. Um, but I, I've managed to narrow it down to two. Uh, the, the first one uh, is another former Thunder Deathstroke Trojan, and that's Alex Thomas. Uh, not not the most flashy of corners, but very rare did you see him get beat. Uh, first up tackling, nearly always on point. Uh, and considering he played uh, quarterback and running back uh, as well, 
uh, you know, playing both sides of the, uh, of the field. But yeah, re- really solid. You know, that you knew that if they were running or passing that side, it was unlikely that they were beating him deep, uh, or you know, forcing the safety to make the tackle. So you know, for that reason, Alex is my one corner. Andy, what have you got on your side? Your your first corner. Uh, my first corner is Drew Smith. Um, Andrew plays for Cardiff again. A lot of Cardiff players in here, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, Drew. Drew is just uh, unbeatable on D. I've played against him a few times. Um, you line up against him as a receiver, your first thought is just, what's the point? Um, he's not the tallest guy, but he's got leaps uh, and he's got pace as well. And his flagging ability is second to none. Uh, he's literally multiple times, and it wasn't a fluke, he's flagged me both flags with one hand, um, which is just, un- well, I didn't know it was possible until, until Drew did it. Showing off, <laughs> there's always one. Dale, your second corner. Who have you gone for? Right, this is going to be the contentious one um, because uh, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you the name and I'll go into the description after. But I, I've gone for Josh Evans or Josh Davis uh, or whatever he's going by now. Uh, me and Josh have had a fractious relationship up and down over the years. We've sort of like uh, played together, but credit where it's due. When he's on. Uh, first step tackling. I mean, the OFL, the first year we played with the Celts, uh, I don't think they were tracking tackling, but we were, and he was storming away with the, the, the tackling statistics. First step tackling, uh, very, 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 very unlikely that you, you got beat around the corner or on the edge. And he had a good nose for the ball there, that even playing corner, he, he still pick off and, and take the through to the house. So, do you know what I mean? I, I mean, Alex and Josh, uh, front corners when they both on form that's a tough front too Andrew who have you gone for your, on your side I have to admit firstly about Dale's two both of them were actually on my list of corners Dale said he could have chosen easily five both of them I played with um, uh, played with uh, Josh multiple times obviously he's popped over to the Hammerheads a few times um, so yeah I could have easily chosen him but I've chosen Paul Zinkus um, plays for GB Silvers plays for uh, SWC um, again, uh, with with the Dragons, he was the cornerback coach uh, during their first year back. Yes, um, but yeah, they're just solid corner. Can't go wrong. So we're going to move on to your safeties now. Dale, who have you got as your safety there? Right, first safety. Um, played with him in the Celts, um, and Andy's uh, played against him. Uh, it's Ellis Nash. Uh, in fact, I don't know whether you. Played against him in the OFL. Uh, he unfortunately he never took football serious. It was just a bit of fun to him. Uh, but another one that if he actually decided to stick at it and, and, and make a go of it would be would be walking into the Dragons team in a, in a year or two years time and even pushing for international honours had he stuck to it. Peter uh, Van goalkeeper, please goalkeeper. So you Peter Van's on him. <laughs> It's not often you saw him drop anything. Makes the most ridiculous highlight catches. Uh, and just to put it in perspective, the when we played in the OFL this year as a game, he came up and played for us on one day. Um, and on that day, in three games, he had five picks, three pick sixes. Uh, and was still second going into the uh, third day of OFL. Uh, he's an absolute freak, but in the nicest possible way. So, uh, Andrew, who's your first safety? 
first safety has to be um person who's leading Coventry to, to glory at the moment, Kieran Eaton. Um, played with his brother Ben as well. Ben played quarterback for the Dragons um, when I went to Holland to play with them. Um, but yeah, Kieran, uh, solid, uh, solid safety. He plays a bit of cornerback as well. But he, um, a solid pair of hands, great at flagging, short but fast as well. Um, you just can't go wrong with Kieran. Um, but yeah, him and his brother are both uh, a formidable pair, to be honest. But yeah, Kieran. I, d- I definitely know about Kieran. Uh, I pl- we played against him for the whole season, like when we were last there. Um, it's one of those ones that I'm kind of glad they moved up to the Premiership. Yeah, absolutely. Deserved it more than anything. I mean, it was... I, it was, I think we... Sorry, go on, no. I was just going to say, I, I can recall the first time we played against them. Um, him and... Is it Ben Madden? Yes. Yeah. Uh, those pay. Uh, absolute pain in the to play against, to be honest. Uh, good coverage. Uh, do you know what I mean? They, they were quick. Uh, always a threat to take the ball out of the air as well. So yeah, Kieran and Ben, they were the two that sort of stood out to me when I played against them. Yeah, so we, we played against them all season and it was the, when we were playing against at one point, we obviously uh, as a great target, great target. Ben, was, ben was throwing to him quite a lot. And we had it where we said, right, we, we can't let Kieran just fly down the sideline. Next play, Ben uh, Kieran's through down the sideline. And it's just, it's just, you can't keep up with him at all. We, we put our fastest person on him and he was still struggling. I think they start, even started like 10 yards deeper as well. But your other safeties, Dale, who have you gone for? Uh, <clears throat> this guy is my, um, he's my rock. He's my um, defensive coach for the Gators. Um, he's, I think he's just about at 30, but he's been playing for like 12 years. Uh, wealth of experience. Uh, and another one who will can play man or zone quite easily, adept at both, always a threat to pick the ball off, and that's uh, Chris Bartlett leg. So I, I will interrupt this now. Uh, as you may have noticed, I know Andrew Cooper has. We've put a poll out there at the moment. Is there room for a running back in flag football? <laughs> It, it's not going too well for you at the moment, is Andy? It's not going my way. Um, there there I are think, 13 yeses, two no's. I think it must just be a lot oh, of running backs. Running running back, <laughs> well, I can tell you now that Luke Gambrell is a running back. Hannah Smith is a running back. Kieran Eaton's even voted as we're talking about him. He's voted for yes. Uh, I mean, they're the ones I'm not too sure. And I've got... So your only friend in this one, Andy, is David McKinley. Oh, no, I've got another one as well who's just voted, apparently. Have you, have you just told him to vote for you? No, there's there's another one on here. Um, and uh, a guy called Russ Burry. Oh, oh I've yeah. i got oh. two on my side, both who I'll be sending friend requests to. R- Russ is a, uh, is a good guy. He's a great listener to the show and always helping us if out I'm, with bits. Off on a tangent, if I remember right, Russ plays for the Bandits? Uh, he's... Or the Longhorns? Well, I think he's one of those guys that he just likes to play. So I, if I, remember, you... I, I remember chatting to him in the OFL, and all I can remember is I know he's a Blackburn fan, like me. He's on covering. Oh, yeah. We, so you can't really say that as a, as a good thing, though, can you? <laughs> Surely, the last think... 10 years we've had, uh, yeah, I think we can. <laughs> Surely that's one of those ones where you go, well, like, yeah, as a Blackburn fan, he's voted no. We'll ignore that bit. It's okay. 
<laughs> so going going back to your ultimate team. Sorry, I just got distracted by that. But then, uh, and is your other safety now, isn't it? Who have you gone? Of course, um, he used to play for us. Just moved to, and I, I heard you trying to pronounce this on on your podcast with um with Dave a few weeks ago. Is it Keensham Kings? We decided on that. Oh, I, I vaguely remember this. There's, yeah. there's too many teams now, too many little places. Of course. Um, this this one's based in that little place called Bath. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's Dylan Owens. Um, he's he's about four foot three. Uh, no, he's about five foot six, five foot seven. But he's got the pace. Seems to be that my whole defense is rather short. However, Dylan can read a receiver. He always plays the receiver, not the ball, which is, I think, um, very very good in flag got to go for the flag rather than the ball you, you got to be aggressive in the end zone but other than that playing the receiver and he's just he's a solid flagger as well I'd, I'd have him on my team any day so there, there's your safeties and now I'm sure Dale is just as equally happy about this one the least favourite person on the pitch it's the blitzer who have each one got Dale who have you gone for first Blitzers are people too, I keep getting told. Um, they, should, they shouldn't be. I've, I've got an honourable mention on this one, but uh, my honourable mention is going to be uh, Lee White, who was uh, Gators captain last year. Um, I think I described him in our um, awards evening as awkward and gangly. Uh, and 12 months on, he's still awkward and gangly, but he came into his own in the Southwest series. He didn't get as much luck in the, uh, in the league last year. That could be a really disruptive one. I like him to Chad from uh, Cardiff, Chad Stevens. Uh, tall, rangy, awkward, takes your, takes your channels out of the way as a, as a QB, um, and just a g- general around pain in the ass to play around. Um, but my actual blitzer is going to be the guy I was having an iron is over for running back, and that's Andy Gibbony. Uh, he's lightning quick. He's small as well, so you don't see him come in. That always helps. Um, but lightning quick, um, I think he was second or third in the league last year. I, I know he didn't rack up as many as David. I'm sure David told you how many sacks he had as well. Um, but Andy's always a threat to get the playoff quicker or to force the QB off his spot. Um, and, and as a blitzer, I mean, you, you can't ask for more sack him or make him move. Andy, you've got your blitzer. Yeah, well, it was a it was torn between two. Um, Dale has actually mentioned both of them. First one, um, I've got to give an honourable mention to him. It pains me to do so, but it is Dave. Um, David Camp at, the, at Swansea. He played every single snap pretty much at Blitzer this year. He got the most sacks in the league, I think, five times more than anyone else got. Um, and he he just gets... He's still gets not good there. enough to get into his ultimate team, Dave. <laughs> Well, he put himself in his ultimate team, didn't he? Yeah, but um, but I have to actually go with with Chad. Um, Chad Stevens. Dale's already mentioned he's uh, gangly. He's what six six seven. Um, he's fast as well. With his hands in the air, even if he doesn't bother going for your flags, you're not going to get a, a throw off. And by the time you try to move either side, he's got arms as long as anything. He'll get your flag. Um, so yeah, Chad. Any day. I've played quarterback against him before as well, and it just gets to the oh, point that. But um, it's no fun. It's no fun at all. What's the point? What you either toss it? There you go. You either pass it off to the running back. I never thought I'd say that. Or um, or you just have to run it, run it yourself if you've got been tossed. Uh, if you've had it thrown back to you. Have you just found a use to the running back in your team? I'm not commenting on that. I'm not commenting on that. 
Well, just, just go back to it. I, I keep getting notifications every time somebody votes. You've now got four votes for no. Well, the issue is I actually put it in my Swansea Hammerhead group chat saying, come on, boys, back me up, get your votes on. And, and two of them have actually voted yes. So um, <laughs> so I, I think I need to be having, having words. I need to be having words with my coach as to, as to what's going on here. Well, the two people that voted for the, uh, the running back, are they in your ultimate team? Do you want to make any changes now? Yeah, I've... I've uh, Oh, what, for the running back? Yeah. Yeah, Dylan Owens was one of my safeties. Yeah, Dylan, you're no longer my safety. I'm putting myself in. Hi. No, I'd never, I'd never do that. I'd, I've got to keep Dylan in there. Fair play to him. He, he's in incorrect about whether you should use a running back, but he's definitely a, a solid safety. Well, you, you're slowly getting a few more. You've now got six. Six oh, saying no running back. There's 22 saying yes. So you've none got a long way to go. None of them are from my team yet. This, this is not looking good for your, your next team meeting, is it? <laughs> There'll be some isolation then. Yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about who gets to start next season. So we're going to go on to your, your last player now. Dale, you're going to go first. It's your sub. Who have you gone for? Can I do some honourable mentions here as well? You can do as many, well, not as many oh. as you want, but yeah, let's <laughs> yeah. I'd like to thank um, my main overall sub, um, and I, I hate that I'm going to say this because I gave him a load of shit in the group chat the other day. Um, it's going to be Dan Davis. Um, can, can play, with the exception of maybe quarterback, can play any position on the field to a reasonable degree, different way, but he's more inclined to be defensive. Um, he's normally partner in CBL in at safety, but can play equally as well at corner. Um, and actually played receiver last year for us and excelled in a few games, especially against the Reapers. I think uh, the Reapers couldn't actually handle him in that, in that one game he played. He played really well. Uh, so just because of his versatility and his all-round ability is the reason why he's going to be my sub. Uh, Dan, you owe me for this, brother. Um, but a couple of honourable mentions. Uh, I've only got three. Uh, one is Ross Thomas, who um, I'm sure Andy would have uh, played for and, uh, with and against uh, yep. with the Dragons yep. and the, yep. the Ducks. Uh, Ross was very knowledgeable. Um, never maybe the top end speed or the athleticism to truly excel in a position. But by the same token, you could put him in pretty much anywhere and he'd make a play. Uh, he'd always have an impact, whether that's a safety, corner, receiver. Jeremy, just one of these guys that just rocks up and just makes something happen. Um, then you've got uh, Craig Warren, uh, also of uh, the, the Trojans, uh, but he, he did play for us a few games last year. Uh, I don't think Craig will mind me saying he's getting, he's getting on in years now. He's, I think he's at mid-30s and his legs are starting to go, I think. But vast amount of knowledge uh, to play offense or defense. Uh, reliable, solid, you know what I mean? A, a guy you want, you know, if somebody goes down on your team, to sub in to just with as little amount of drop of uh, performance and, uh, and whatnot as possible. Uh, and lastly, uh, another one Andy would probably know is Pat Birchall, another running back. <laughs> Elusive, I mean, I've seen him make guys look very silly on a football field with his cutting ability. Uh, he's very elusive, always a threat to take and be out, good hands as well uh, and another guy great to have on your sideline if anyone goes down can play in multiple positions on offence 
But they're my uh, honourable mention. So, Andy, who have you gone for for your sub and honourable mentions today? Yeah, of course. My um, my sub, the only reason he didn't make it in at receiver is uh, because he's actually only 16 years old. Um, he's just started playing for the Hammerhead when he turned 16. Uh, I think it was sometime last year. Uh, is Jack Wright. So his dad needs to get those knees insured because his cuts are the best I've actually seen ever on a football field. Obviously not, not we're not talking NFL standard yet. He's, he's 16 years old, but we're talking um, could easily, when he hits 18, go to Swansea Uni and play for the Swansea team if he wanted to, uh, starting receiver from the off. He's tall. He's got, he can jump tall, uh, higher than I can. He's shorter than me. Um, I've never actually seen him drop something, even in the wet. Uh, so yeah, Jack has to go in there um, as my sub. But yeah, the only reason he didn't make it in over Harley at receiver is because Harley um, has the experience, has the ability, but Harley being the utility player he is, playing everywhere on the field, I could have easily put Jack in and then had Harley as my can-play-everywhere sub. Um, my honourable mentions um, have to actually go, not necessarily as a player, although he could play, uh, is Paul Labbert, or Paul Labet, however you want to say it, um, brother of the Beast from the Chase, who actually sponsors our team at Swansea. Um, but Paul, without Paul, and yes, Matt Ward... Um, is the, the chairman and founded our club. But without Paul, who turned up on week three with Harley uh, and has run it as secretary, as coach, as a centre, as a receiver, um, as basically, well, as a quarterback as well, uh, he he has to go in there as an honourable honorable mention because, yes, he's getting on a bit. And yes, his knees are going and he wears braces on his knees. He is still um, playing and keeping up with everyone on the field. Uh, and my last honourable mention um, has to be, oh, sorry, i got two more. Uh, I'll be quick. Connor Drennan, um, who's one of our newbies, played corner for Swansea Titans, uh, played contact, has come into flag and has just treated it um, as if he's been playing it all his life. He will be a threat on our defence this year. And then um, Dale's favourite QB ever. And uh, I was surprised he didn't choose him, but it has to be Ash Lewis. I've never played with him. Oh, that, that makes sense. Would he have been in there if you had? Honestly, no, I think Harry would have still picked it. No, that's fair enough. But uh, you've got to go with your quarterback, obviously. But my, my quarterback, um, yeah. or my... my knows I've got a big hard on for Ash. I, just, <laughs> I, I love his mechanics. He, I, yeah, a quote, quote, on quote, flag, quote, unquote, beautiful mechanics. Yeah. But um, and uh, Ash... He's got, he's got, and, he's got, and he's got the loveliest voice. So you talk to him and it's all airy and lovely. And then he's <laughs> like, I'll like see what he's doing... Him. I'll see what he's doing for Valentine's Day, mate. <laughs> but he, um, he's he's a short lad, but that doesn't make a one bit of a difference. He's a short, skinny lad, and he's got an arm that can that can throw the length of the pitch. Um, he's got a great eye. He's probably going to be starting for Swansea Titans next year as well. But having him at quarterback this year, having people like Harley, um, with his height and speed, having people like Jack, who's young, upcoming, is learning the game, but is already on par with our starting receivers. Um. Our offense is going to be, and our defense, but our offense will be a force to reckon with this year. So we're going to move on to the the question now, and we're going to ask you uh, the question from the last episode. Last episode was Kyle Taylor, and the question was, "What is your fondest flag football memory?" Andy, we're going to go with you first. Okay, um, has to be. 
our first Baffa game day against the Exeter Falcons. We were a um, startup team. Uh, we, we were just done our first year of friendlies, obviously made it into Baffa. I think we took six people down to play three games in a day. And Exeter Falcons were the team in our league to beat. Obviously, with Lewis there, they had experience, they had ability. Um, and the the fondest moment, obviously, would have to be winning the game, um, which we never thought we could do. We just went out there with a can-do attitude, um, however tacky and cheesy that sounds. Uh, I think Exeter turned up thinking that they'd be able to walk all over us. Um, but yeah, we turned up. And my, my favourite moment of the game would have had to be uh, beating, I don't know who their cornerback was, but we did, it took four downs, um, a comeback, a comeback, a comeback. And then he read the comeback and I turned it into a comeback and go, just took it over the top um, and maybe ran it in 20 yards for a touchdown. And it was just, it was the best game day we've had as a team. We, You just can't beat it when you're playing on your first game day and you beat the team that everyone thought was going to absolutely destroy you. I do have to say, I think it was our only win of the uh, season, but um, it was it was a good one at that. I, I actually remember that game because I was on the sideline talking to Harley while you were playing defence. <laughs> you were hanging on for grim death. And Absolutely. Keep dropping, keep dropping, keep dropping. Don't give up the deep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was, you played well that game. They all do. I remember. And I love Lewis. Don't get me wrong. Obviously playing with him for Dragon Ball Z as well. But um, but I just remember Lewis losing the ball to a pick, storming off the pitch and, and shouting, get me that effing ball back. Um, and then them, them getting it back far too quickly for our liking and then us clinging on for dear life, as you said, with 30 seconds left, throwing everyone um, deep and then uh, and then winning it. So, yeah. Dale, we've got the same question for you. Your fondest flag football memory. There's not really one that just jumps out of here. This, this one, there's a couple that sort of come to mind. Uh, playing in the OFL, um, getting to the, the plate final. Uh, and we didn't lose to Warrant, and we we ran at the time. Um, but probably, and I, sorry, Swindon, but the the game against Swindon in uh, in Plymouth this year, where Pulo Lanarag at uh, quarterback had a dog delight day, uh, but our defense just didn't let up all game. Our offense just clicked. Everything was just smooth as silk. You know what I mean? I, I could have literally gone and sat in the dugout and not have to coach. Uh, and it was a pleasure to watch. So prob- probably that game from a point of view of how the team played, but there's a couple of strength of mind. It's hard to sort of narrow it down to one. And no mention of my age because I'm older and I got more. Yeah, you got the, the most games to look back on. That's why it's harder for you. Yeah, there you are. Yeah. Get in before you quit. <laughs> So I, I will answer this one for, for my, myself now. That I mean, I, I've been playing for quite a while, and so I've had like GB, went to the European Championship. This was still nine on nine, semi-contact. So that's how old that is. But I do remember one re- more recently, and it was after one of the Baffer, oh, I remember, uh, Baffer game day. We we're at, I think we we're at Leicester. Oh, we we're, we're at um, Connor Barron's home ground of Lincoln, and. Some random person at this point walked past me, no idea who he was, and he just looked back at me and said, oh, really like the podcast, and then walked off. And I know it sounds cheesy to just try and plug my own show in this one, but that, I was quite happy with that one. Well, considering you've got a face for radio as well, Marcus. I know, 
the worst thing, I had no idea who this guy was. And somebody asked me afterwards, oh, who's that guy? I was like, no idea who he is at all. And it, it wasn't till about a month or two later that I found out who it was. And he's, it's, uh, it's Frank from the, uh, the Coventry Panthers. He's not actually called Frank. It's, I think it's Dale Birch. I can't remember now. Um, but yeah, he's actually appeared on the show as well now. And he was quite happy with that. He was our stats guy for a season, I think. So now to answer your questions. We're going to go with Andy first. What is your question for the next guest? So obviously we discussed this before and I, I have had a, a few that I'm trying to choose between, but I, I do have to go with the one that we actually spoke about. Um, transitioning from contact to flag. Uh, is the transition from contact to flag easy or hard and vice versa, actually? So co- transitioning from contact to flag and flag to contact. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Dan, I'm going to go to you first for this one to see if you can put an answer in for me now. Okay. Um, I, 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 again, I know Andy referenced, so we, we chatted about this briefly before we started recording. Um, in theory, it should be easier, um, but it depends on the ability of the person and the coaching they've received. If you've had good coaching um, and you're athletic, um, you know, and you're a you're fit and able to play uh, it should be that much easier if you've got pace it's easier still uh, but if you haven't had any coaching to speak of uh, and you, you're doing it off your own back uh, and you know you, you've just plodded along with a uni team or with, with a contact team uh, then you know having to learn some basic fundamentals to be able to contribute in flag uh, could make it that much more difficult I, I played kitted. I said I played kitted. I never actually played in a proper game. I only did the practice bit. For me, I played flag for about four or five years before this. And then I went to go and play for the Cobb Jets kitted team. And their first training sessions were all like, because it was a brand, brand new team at this point. It was always a case of let's just do going through the motions. And like you said, you learn the basics that way. And that's what they were trying to do. And then, then they started putting pads on. And that was fine. And then somebody hit me and I never wanted to play kitted ever again. Uh, but I think we've, I think we've mentioned before, it's that first hit by anybody. If you take that first hit, stand up and go back onto the pitch, then you're going to yeah. be fine. If you, start, if you lie on, there, on your back for a bit, then it's probably not the sport for you. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that. I can remember that. Not the first hit I received. I can't remember that. But I can remember the first hit I did. Um, I was about 16, 17, and we were training on Rose Park with the, um, the remnants of the Cardiff Mets, as they were at the time. Um, and I was playing, it was kind of six on six, seven on seven, because we didn't have enough to make a full team. Uh, and I can remember the, the, the running back bringing the ball at the backfield. Uh, the quarterback had lead block for him. And I can just remember smacking into the quarterback taking him out of the equation and then leathering the running back and getting up thinking that didn't hurt uh, and it, it, that's when the penny drops that you know this stuff you're wearing actually does protect you and that's where I've always said it's the difference from rugby to, to football is that if you went in with the violence and intensity in rugby that you do with your pads in football you'd hurt yourself uh, but once you realise that those pads can protect you 
the, the hit you can deliver and the power you put put into them, you know, it, it's it's just more violent. And I loved it. I got to be honest. Yeah, you know, I have others not knocked out of me as well, and it's not so much fun. But yeah, just the physicality I always enjoyed. But yeah, I can remember that first time. Uh, see, I, I was the opposite of you, Dale. I, I was the poor quarterback who got absolutely leathered in a training session. But the first hit I got, I, I, it was given by Paul Newey, who was a GB middle linebacker at this point. <laughs> it was not, the, all I remember is, it was one of the ones where we had a crash right behind us and a, and a blocking shield as well. I, I vaguely remember the hit bit, but I also remember looking up at the stars afterwards and just lying there for a minute going, this is not fun. You say that, Marcus. I mean, the one thing I always go, had going for me, if you want, again, from a QB's point of view, is that I played rugby. So aside from the fact that I was used to the sort of physicality, I played loose head prop. Do you know what I mean? So I wasn't, you know, a 10-stone, six-foot skinny waist. I, you know, I quite like taking on players, you know, and running the ball if I needed to. I wasn't worried about the hit because I had a bit more beef behind me. Uh, had I been sort of Andy's dap, you know, six three, six four, but not much meat on me, I might not have appreciated the hits as much. <laughs> I mean, Andy, well, uh, before we move on to Dale's question, which I, after the pre, well, after the pre-recording bit, I'm slightly worried about. <laughs> we've got 56 votes for the running back question, and 13 currently say no. So we've been having a debate. Um, at the same time, on my Hammerhead chat, Hammerhead's uh, players chat, um, the debate was whether the question meant, is there a place for a running back in football? Or is there any point handing it off to a running back? Because I think they're very two very, very different yeah, questions. I think in terms of handing it off to a running back, a few people who have actually voted yes on your poll have now turned around and said it's not worth handing it off. But having, as Dale said, either, I can't remember if it was in the recording or pre-recording, Dale said having one to um, fake handoff, the defence does tend to then forget about them and then they're, they're free on the outside. So, yeah, in terms of, in terms of losing that vote 78% to 22% very heavily, um, I will put my hands up. However, I can also say that our running back for Swansea Hammerheads has just voted and he's voted no. So um, <laughs> <laughs> that's something that's for you. Um, I, I'm just going to tag on to what you said there, Andy. Um, the, 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 the play action aspect of it, that, that will only work a limited amount of times unless you actually run the ball. Because eventually you know it's just a play action. Yep. So that, hence why you still need to run the ball to make it convincing because it's the time you don't run the ball is the time they actually bite because you've run it that way three times in the last six plays. Yeah. I think a lot of flag nowadays is, uh, moving away from the running back side of things as well, a lot of flag nowadays is setting up plays. So if you yeah. are going to use a running back stood next to the quarterback three plays in a row, Fourth play, hand it off, see if the defence drop. Send everyone deep, see if the defence drop and see if they fall for it. If they don't, you've lost. But if they do, you've got yards, many, many yards. I, I, I've been I've been trying to get this in the minds of uh, our QBs and receivers that you're educating the defence with your style of play. 
Yeah. If you just randomly selecting plays that you think will work, then you're never going to grow and never going to be able to confidently read and be the defense. But if you're right, I'm running this play because this guy's running a three-yard drag, and he's going to do it again because that guy keeps drifting in. And the third time, I want him to step in, but then go on a post or a fly. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, that guy's out of position because you basically told this corner you're running this route again. Well, my go on. No, no, go on. That was it. My my <laughs> philosophy on flag. I absolutely hate a comeback because playing playing wide out on our strong side um, without giving too many tactics away for every team we're playing this season. Um, I'll review the recording later. <laughs> well, this bit can be deleted for uh, for copyright purposes and all that. Um, I'll start. If I if I start playing some Disney music in the background, it gets taken down for copyright, doesn't it? So if you get access to the recording, I'll be right. Um. <laughs> but I um uh, yeah. So I I hate the comeback. However, I think it's the most catches I've caught on the pitch because you run a comeback, defender doesn't jump for it. You run a comeback, defender doesn't jump for it. You run a comeback and the defender goes for you. Your QB goes either throw somewhere else for that one play, and the next one you do a, a comeback and go, or he just waits for you to, to turn it into a go and you're gone because those kind of plays where you're running a route again and again and again and then setting it up for the defender to, you're training the defender to, to basically cover you in order to then, to then fly past him and go for deep yards. When you've got a quarterback like Ashley who can get it in your hands from that far away, it's, it's the perfect way to do it. I completely agree. But do you know the irony of that? What? Exactly how play action works. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So, uh, uh, I will get him to change his vote. I will get Andy to change his vote. The yes, a running back is needed. <laughs> Not a chance. My my cent- my centre for my team, Chris Jones, who I picked, has actually also voted no. I'm sticking with this. I might rechange my ultimate team to make it out of the people that voted no. <laughs> I mean, Wait, it would be interesting to see. Yet? If we've got 62 votes at the moment, I'm surprised it actually went off this many. Uh, 13 have said no. 49 have said yes. After this episode comes out, I would love to know how many people have listened to it and then changed their mind. Either way. I tell you what, record the results after we voted in, in a day's time and then see it, review it on your next episode. I should have changed that to be my question. Well, you have got a... Well, no, Dale's got his question now. Dale, what's your question for the next guest? God help them. I'm going to keep it nice and simple. I know you were worried about uh, me being contentious, but um, I'm, I'm doing this for the, uh, for the Gators defence. Um, we know Bapa doesn't uh, track tackles. Um, do we think they should? But the main question is, are Pat and should they be recorded as such in flag? Andrew, do you want to answer this one first? Sorry, I, I missed the first half of that question. Sorry, Dale. I said that we know that Baffer don't track tackle statistics for the yep. league, uh, and they probably should, but are that and should they be recorded as such in Baffer? Um... No. No, I don't. I don't think so. I um, um, I honestly, 
when it comes to games, and this isn't just for that, I, I think that stats are meaningless. Yeah, I love keeping the the uh, stats of uh, how many catches I've done and stuff. But when you get on and on and on, what's the point? It doesn't determine how good a player is because the the ball could never be thrown your way. Does that right. make you a, a bad cornerback if you if you never get a pick, even though QB is never throwing it your way? Like, I don't think stats determine how good someone is. I don't think stats determine how good a team is, other than how many um, touchdowns have you scored and have you won the game. And I know that's a short answer, short and sweet, but I, I don't think stats in general matter as much as people think they do, and I don't think they should be recorded as such. See, I, I'm slightly opposite on that one. I, I love stats. I mean, I was the guy that kept our stats for three years, I think. And it was, it was it's one of those ones that, for a personal reason, you, you sort of like, it's, it can give you like a target for the next season. But then you've also got the fact of your, your, your team wards at the end of the season. What, what do you go for? What, in terms of uh, what rewards? Sorry, awards at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. So we did our awards. We had like offensive player of the year. We, and I, I, was, I was the guy that basically did all the stats. And then gave, we had a, a vote with the committee. Each stat would give you X amount of points for the, oh, okay. for the player of the year award sort of thing. So, if say if you caught a touchdown, you might get three points. If you ran a touchdown, obviously, you know we have running backs. We're, we like the running backs. <laughs> that, that you might get four points. It, it's yeah, four points for a running back for a running touchdown. Three points for a, a, a receiving touchdown. So many points for a throwing touchdown. Yeah, you know, all the little stats like that. It, I, I for a personal reason, I love stats. But in terms of in terms of your awards, the question you just asked, um, yeah. I think. In terms of a player of the season, I don't believe that player of the season should be determined on stats. Because in my first season for the Hammerheads, playing in Baffer, I got the most touchdowns. I got the most, most touchdowns in one game. Um, I was the starting receiver because we didn't have um, many ex- much experience. I'm not saying we didn't have good receivers, but I, we didn't have much experience at all. I think I played... I, I'm pretty sure I played in every single position on the pitch that season. Um, however... Just because I scored the most touchdowns and maybe got the most yards and, and whatever, I that did not make me player of the season. I would hands up say I'm not player of the season. I'm not one of the best players in our team. I'm very much a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. You've got players in our team like Tom Wayman, who is our, I'm going to say running back slash slot receiver. He's our slot receiver um, who gets very, very few yards per catch. But he's always that fourth or fourth, third or fourth read option pass it off to him he makes those three yards and that's all you need you've got people like Harley who when he played quarterback yeah he threw threw a lot of pick sixes because he didn't have the experience however the touchdowns he did throw the the throws he made made him our player of the season you've got people on our team like Nick who I've already mentioned playing with MS who yeah he's playing with MS that makes him the best player on our team in my eyes instantly however Whether. the fact that he is um making yards he's catching everything I think he's probably caught maybe one or two touchdowns or maybe one or two extra points. Does that make him not allowed to be player of the season, even though he catches more than anyone else? It's just they're not touchdowns. Well, if I, I'll jump in there. I think the simplest solution is what we did last year, is allow the player to blind vote for player of the yeah, year. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I, I also see what Marcus is saying, that you, you can define some awards by statistics, 
Um, but I, I mean, the example I was going to give was when I was with the Cal. You had Ellis and Dylan. Um, Ellis was your um, your highlight reel. Uh, <laughs> do you know your, your impact play guy? Uh, Dylan was your grinder. Dylan would keep the chains moving. He'd keep the offense ticking along. Uh, and to me, as a quarterback, Dylan was more important than Ellis, even though Ellis was probably far more influential in the success of that team. But without Dylan, Ellis wouldn't have had those opportunities. So, do you know what I mean? It, it, the statistics don't always belie a, a, a true sort of picture. Oh, absolutely. I guarantee that this season, or wh- whenever the season may start, you look at our starting offence, you'll have Ash sat behind Nick, um, or Matt Isles, who are our upcoming centre, if Nick's um, not ready to play yet because he's still isolating. You've, you'll have Harley on one side, myself on the other, and you'll have Jack Wright in slot. I guarantee you that um, myself and Harley catch maybe three or four times the amount of touchdowns that Jack will catch. However, as you said, with Dylan being the most important guy on that team, I, I guarantee that Jack and Nick, between them, will both deserve player of the season more than Harley and I, who will do the majority of the point scoring. Because that's how it works. Last year, we all, any of the playing awards was opened in a blind vote. That and that's, vote that's exactly what we went for last year, because I, I think you're right. I think that's the way to do it. I mean, Chris had defensive player of the year, and he, this is the downside of it sometimes, but Chris had defensive player of the year and player of the year, gator of the year. Um, and then Hill had rookie of the year, but also had offensive player of the year. Yeah, but I, I, I know what you mean in terms of that's the downside because they take home more awards. But if they deserve it, the team's got to stand yeah, yeah. up. The, team, the team's voted for them. They If they deserve it, they deserve it. Like deserve That's it. my opinion. If you've got a player like Joe Cottrell, if Joe Cottrell came to um, a startup team, like, for example, if he went and helped out Keensham Knights, they've got some good players. They've got Dylan Owens. They've got Craig playing for them as well. But if Cottrell went and he played quarterback or a bit of receiver, if Craig threw the ball, he played cornerback as well and safety, bit of blitzing and coached. I could see someone of, of his ability picking up offensive, defensive player and um, whatever your other one was, of player of the year. I could see someone like that doing all of it because they're deserved. So I, I'm not going to disagree with that. But so we had the offensive and defensive player of the years were more stat-based. And then we had the, the player's player, which was the, the, the vote when everyone would drop in their own little votes for that one. That one. But I think stat-wise, we, we, a lot of it, you can be used as like a, a motivational thing. and it's, It depends on the person. So some people will be motivated for themselves. Some people will be motivated to be... Yeah, you could have two people on your field, on your pitch. That are, yeah, they both caught 15 touchdowns this year. They both want to be the top point scorer. It, it, I think it's a, a mo- it can be used as a motivational thing, depending on the person and how you use it. It can be used as a coaching tool as well. It's got its use it. Uh, you know, in all aspects of statistics, you can always derive something from it, whether that's good or bad is another thing. But uh, you can always find a use for those statistics, be it, like you said, uh, in sort of like um, making players sort of like try to up their game or whether coaching points or, you know, if, if somebody's having, and I hate using the example because I, I don't think Pat should be stats, but uh, um, having 62 pat-downs in a league season, to me, means that they've got their hand to the ball 62 times. They should be picking that off. So, you know, there's a coaching point there. Do you know what I mean? But that's the only real benefit I can see of it, the, the, the statistics tracking. But then, 
knowing how well the statistics are tracking in the Bafa League anyway, it's a bit of a moot point from my point of view. The, the other the other counter to your thing about, yeah, they've got their hand on the ball 62 times or whatever. How many times has someone gone for that ball, missed that, and the person behind them's caught it and, and taken it home? Surely you should be going yeah, for I, I, I was just using that as a throwaway example. Stop picking oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, if you want stats track, then you go to OFL. Obviously, that's where the, uh, they, they post theirs almost every single week, which is brilliant. Brilliant. I think I made it once, but that was about it. <laughs> but now we're going to so we've done your ultimate teams. We've done your questions. Are you looking for a special gift for someone? Are you looking for an award for your end of season awards? Are you the chairman of the best UK 5-on-5 flag league based in Northampton, started in 2015, and need trophies? Then look no further than Crafty Signs. Bespoke trophies, key rings, medals, wall signs, they do them all. Check them out on Instagram at Crafty Sign Trophy and on Facebook at Crafty Sign Shop. Next one, is there any news that you want to debate right now? Uh, I'm assuming you mean NFL related. Oh, no, flag related. We're going we're gonna to keep it flag. I mean, I, it's one of those ones that I know there is nothing to talk about flag-wise because no, nothing's happening. Not, no, not in the UK anyway. I know we've got a few international tournaments. The UK Dukes have just come back from a... A flag tournament in America, I think it was. Yeah, I, I, I seen that, and I wondered. I, I, I said to one of the boys, I said, "How are they playing?" And then I realised that the states where like Trump just basically wants everyone to get COVID. So, but no, I, I can't see us playing competitive games this year. So, I mean, what do you talk about? You know, theoretical games. We got the Guernsey Flag League, as the HNC guys know. I, well. Is, is Guernsey on the common travel area? Can we go over and have a tournament over there? This is a question we've asked before. Is where does Guernsey come under with their flag association? What are they known? For? What are they linked with internationally? Are they, are they British? And some, somebody else said French, depending on where they are. It's like... Um, the only information I can give you, and this is going back many years and on off topic, but when Graham Rousseau played for Blackburn, uh, he was uncapped and he was eligible to play for any of the home nations or France because he was born in Guernsey or Jersey. Uh, so, do you know what I mean? Uh, I, I suppose they can come and rise they can choose uh, whatever floats they board, I assume, because they, they kind of fall between the two, don't they? That's the thing. They're, not, they're not obviously part of the UK. Um but as you said, Dale, they're they're under what do you call it? Um, common travel area, aren't they? Yeah. So so why why could we not? You don't need a passport to go. Why why could we not travel and, and play over there? I mean, it's the other question is like I know it's not as far out, but what's the difference between the Isle of Wight and Guernsey and Jersey? <laughs> other than the fact that the Isle of Wight is classed as part of the UK, I mean, they're still you know an island in essence. So does this mean that if if we found a hotel in, in Guernsey, a, a, okay, a, a very, very big hotel complex. Or a campsite. Yeah. So if the entire flag league goes over there, we can all play. Uh, I, if, 
if they are part of the CTA, then you know there's no remit on a 14-day um, exclusion from anyone there, you know, quarantine. Then yeah, in theory, yeah. So there we go. Every so if we, if we speak to Jordan, try and get OFL moved to Guernsey next for, for later on in the year. It'll be fine. I know he was looking for a, 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 a venue down south, but I think it's a bit further south than he was anticipating. Uh, with Jordan, though, he's always, always wanting to go that little extra bit to, to put something on. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, know, I know there's never much news to talk about, especially at this moment. I mean, they've just cancelled the, uh, the junior season at the time of recording, so there's no junior season. I think Opal, the women's league, as it's now known, is that's going ahead. Possibly. But that's October, isn't it? That's October, uh, September, October time, I think. I still don't think that'll go ahead. I, I can't, I genuinely can't see us having any form of um, anything other than inter squad play this year. I agree. I completely agree. Um, I think, um, in terms unless, of. Unless, unless, unless the COVID test suddenly become. You know, two pence each, um, and you can buy them willy nilly and test before training and after training. You know, if they become that available, because uh, that's the only reason the professional leagues are going ahead. They they're able to test um, day in and day out to make sure that nobody's been exposed, and if they have, they can deal with it. Uh, unless you know, it comes back into the grassroots where it's freely available and very limited or no cost. I can't see anyone allowing. A team from Wales to travel to Coventry, Exeter, Chichester to play a game. I really can't. The only thing I can see happening is teams taking their kit off and using the Welsh rules of the fact that you're allowed to play 30 or you're allowed to have 30 people meet up at once. If that reduces to maybe a one metre plus rule, is is to see people in in no no team uniform playing an unofficial friendly as a group of mates in a park, but that's that's really dubious. Baffer's guidance, and Baffer are responsible for all American football activity in this country, whether organised or affiliated or not. Um, a, a group of 20 people playing a game together contributes their six in a bubble. Yeah. So, do you know what I mean? If that was right, it's highly unlikely that I, well, I think it's highly unlikely that any action would be taken. But they say no more than six in a bubble. There's still a mountain football going on. Somebody can complain. So, you know, it's funny complaining because they've got to take action. Absolutely. Was there mention in one of the groups as well that um, I think the Rugby League or Rugby Union, I can never tell which one's the difference, um, they're, they're starting to allow non-contact training. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're sort of like, Trying to use more flag flag rugby and or tag rugby as they call it, because it's it's still a training mechanism. So surely, think, as the flag league, we should be able to use that one and step a bit further forward. The best example I've seen, um, our chairman uh, Josh sent it to me. Um, <laughs> it's unfortunately titled it's, it's touch rugby, but it's called the Welsh Touch Association, which <laughs> uh, could be misconstrued. Um, but they've got, if you look on their Facebook page, they did have um, a re- return to sport pathway uh, where they said we're, we're in phase one. Um, I think it was the start of August, first or third of August. They hit stage two, which was um, the bubble of six. 
um, or it might have been the bubble of 10, I can't remember. And stage three was um, still maintaining social distancing, but able to have intra-squad competition. So, you know, offense against defense in essence. Uh, and then stage four, which was competitive games against other teams. Uh, and all they had between stage three and stage four was TBD. Because they don't even know, but they've got a pathway set out. So they haven't got the, I mean, Bafa haven't even got a pathway set out yet. Well, I know they're struggling with the Department of Media, Culture and Sport, but there's not even a, a, a theoretical pathway in place, or at least not a published one. Well, I think part of the issue is the fact that we see well, everyone sees American football as the, the full-kitted contact version. A lot of people don't see the difference between flag and kitted, in, in organisational-wise. So should there be, like, a... I know they've just tried to bring everything together, like BAFA and BAFCA and whatever else there was before, but should BAFA, should flag be a separate organisation? I I think it should. I think in terms of getting this sport off the ground now is the time to do so with with flag being less contact with flag well i say less contact depends who you're playing against but with flag being less contact um and with with it growing as it's growing if you all of a sudden said okay flag can start to do a bit more than than contact teams can um you'd get a lot of contact players going oh actually let's go and play a bit of flag and you'd get more and more knowledge about flag in the uk you'd get more contact players playing flag the sport would grow so quickly i think that in terms of separating them yes in terms of in terms of starting them back up sooner than contact i think it would be the best thing for the sport i I, i've had these conversations with various people both in squad and in other teams um the, the the biggest sort of hindrance that splitting flag off if you like is that it still needs to sit under the british american football banner otherwise you're not going to be eligible for Team GB. Uh, you know, if you split it off and had its own entity, it then has to affiliate to all the um, governing bodies like UK Sport, uh, and it's just it's a mess. So it, whilst it's, it's a nice idea, and I think it needs to stand on its own two feet, independent of of kitted, because if it's just a sport, but it's a different sport, um, I can't see it happening. I mean. It's, uh... Like you said, it's the perfect time because we, we're a non-contact sport. We should be able to, to come back a bit quicker. But then also you've got the fact that with the, the World Games, is it that NFL has said that flag football is now going to be in the World Games, I think, two years away? Uh, when um, it goes... Yeah, 2022, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's in Birmingham, isn't it? Well, Birmingham, Alabama, not Birmingham, yeah, UK. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> when I seen that, I thought, Birmingham, they're coming to Birmingham with a World Games. Yeah, I, I was very excited when I saw that bit as well. And I was like, this is going to be brilliant. I could just drive down every single day. It's only down the road. But no, that was gone pretty quick. But I, I think there's going to be... to go to that one. Is that the UK or the Alabama one? I'm still not too sure. Alabama one. Ah, okay. But it's now, now's the perfect time because I think there's going to be a massive influx of teams. Or slightly afterwards or near that point. Because obviously kitted, if you don't play... So you've got the GB team, but they, they, they've got the European Championships and things out, which is all into, in the sport and people know it. The World Games is a massive like, stage for flag football to be on. And there's going to be a lot more teams just popping up before, well, probably before, during and after, with teams going, I want to be in that team now. It's funny you mention that because um, 
you know, it, it, I'm, I'm not sure how well how public knowledge it is, so I apologise in advance if I upset the Apple Cup, but um, the, there's a strong likelihood that flag football, 5 on 5, is going to be a demonstration sport in the 2028 Olympics. Uh, so I have heard rumours about that one, yeah. yeah well, yeah, it's waiting to be confirmed, but uh, it's, it's all lined up to be a demonstration sport, apparently. Uh, so if that happens, uh, Baffer have got eight years to put a credible Team GB um, you know, in the Olympics. And when you think about it, uh, w- with respect to Andy, I mean, what are you, Andy, 22, 23? 24 now. Right. It's unlikely you're going to be part of that setup. Oh, I'll do everything I can to be. Don't get me wrong. Even, even some of the younger kids, like your 16, 17-year-olds, maybe, you know, coming towards the wrong side of the age. This, half of that squad that's going to go to that Olympics isn't even probably playing football yet. Yeah. Uh, and COVID is putting the markers on it. So the sooner they can get back to some form of training, you know, if you're saying that because contact has so many... Uh, potential cross-contamination points because of the nature of the sport. Uh, anything, any drills that they're doing is pretty much flag-orientated, you know, running routes, um, technique-based, because there's no real contact going on in any sport. But they, they need to sort of develop a pathway. I don't know how they're going to do it, especially as, as this COVID situation drags on. Yeah, so the other question is, is which version of flag do they go for? It's five on five. Are we are we definitely going five on five? Because obviously, look at look at the American leagues and they play seven and nines and things like that. It's the, it's the IFAF version that's being adopted. That that's the, that's the, that's a good one then, because that'd be it'd make it a lot easier for the the UK teams. You won't have to adapt to a whole new I'm, version. I'm spitballing, but I'm assuming a, a large consideration is because of the availability of field as well. Then, you know, you can have two or three games on one field as opposed to you know what what the AAFL did. Uh, which was all nice to see five, six guys running the length of a field and all that space, but then that's one field for 12 players. Yeah, I think I, I mentioned it in one of the comments when it was first spread out that I think Martin Cockrell replied, I said that it was going to be the IFA five on five. He said there may be a few variations on the rules, but the game that we all know and love is going to be at the essence of it. And I think if it's the, the top eight from the flag world championships will be going through to the the World Games, which I think would be a decent I'll shout for the women's team. I'll, I'll give you something to chew on. Right? It's a dirty rumour. I don't know how true it is. Right? Um, so don't shoot me if it's wrong. But if flag does become a demonstration vote in 2028, there's a possibility of it becoming part of the Commonwealth Games in 2030. It's it's great for the sport, and as sure. as we all, yeah, we, we all if, listen. If that happens, but if that happens, though, we're not set up for a Welsh, English, Scottish, because we're all under one banner. So I don't know how that's going to work. If that happens, it'll be interesting. So maybe maybe you guys need to start your own, like just like Guernsey, and start training up. Guernsey's already ahead of us. So we have Taffa, Yaffa, and Waffa. <laughs> <laughs> This this is really good. That's why we shouldn't have that bit. Because obviously Guernsey is Gaffer, then you've got Jersey with Jaffa. <laughs> there could be some dodgy uh, acronyms coming out of that one. But I think we'll finish it there. Thank you guys for, for joining us. Uh, both of you for 
naming your ultimate teams. Hopefully, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully, you haven't been haven't uh, insulted anybody by leaving them out. And I, I will leave it with one last bit. Seventy-nine votes on the on the running back poll, and nineteen have said no. It has not gone well for you, Andy. That will change. I'm going to create many fake accounts and vote on that. Oh, we've got 80 votes now. Have you started already? Absolutely. 80 votes and 20 for no. I, I'm honestly amazed. I think, as you say, when people listen to the podcast and hear the, the thoughts we've been saying about how it's not necessarily if a running back's in use, but whether you'd have a running back shown and move them into slot, um, I think that could change, but we'll see. Be interesting. Uh, to, to be fair, you should have quantified the question better. Uh, <laughs> but when, when you do the next one, Marcus, it'll be interesting to ask the, the, the guests that you have on um, their opinion, just as the question, and then when, when you take into consideration all the, uh, the added bits. But also, um, check a poll up on your next one for about the pat, uh, pat down the statistics. See how many say yay or nay on that one. Like I'm, 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 so I, I may go back to because obviously I've written all these ones down. So I've written every single team sheet down just in case anyone I want to start printing them out. But I'm also going to put down, I might start releasing all the questions and see what the, the flag football community thinks. And we can all agree that there should be running backs in the game. Oh, just like, I've had, just, I've had just another like, vote for no. Just like the 61 people that have voted yes for I'm going to go and vote now because I am voting. So, guys, thank you once again for joining us. And hopefully we'll, we'll be joining the field soon and have the, the Waffa, Safa, Baffa, and I'm not even too sure what the Irish one would be. I have Oh, they changed to EFA now. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> yeah, they spoke, they spoke their all. Well, thank you guys once again. No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much, Mark. It's been fun. That wraps up this episode. Find us on Facebook at First and Fifteen Podcast. Give us a like to keep up with all of our shows. Also, check out our sponsor, Nuola, for all your customised sportswear supplies.